BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? We are back here on YouTube. It's been a while. I'm Ryan Drasty, joined here by Kyle Ross, Justin Joint, and this is episode 69 of the Top Rope Nation podcast, and we to talk WWE SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn the 4th, as well as all the latest in pro wrestling. And my God, Kyle, it has been quite the week in professional wrestling. We have no shortage of topics to discuss tonight. Would you agree? No, I'm very excited. I, I'm ready to go the long haul. This show could be longer than SummerSlam. <laughs> Let's hope not, or nobody will watch. <laughs> uh, Justin, what's your uh, anticipation level for WWE SummerSlam this weekend? Um, I, I mean, I'm more excited for this one than I think I have been for any in a long time. I would agree. I was actually, I threw up a question on our Twitter page asking people, and this is at Top Rope Nation, asking them, are they more excited or do they think TakeOver is going to be the better show or SummerSlam? And it was overwhelmingly TakeOver. And I actually think the SummerSlam card is pretty stacked. So I was kind of surprised. I know like the TakeOver shows always have the reputation of being the better shows. But you guys think this one could be a little closer than usual? What do you think about that, Kyle? TakeOver will wind up being better. Yeah. Just yeah. by the, just, just there, there's always the too much. The shows are designed. 
Yeah, there's always there's too much filler in the main shows. Yeah, people are so exhausted by the end of these big five WWE pay-per-views that they often don't get the credit they deserve. I mean, I actually look back at last year. There were like three fantastic matches on last year's show, and no one really talks about SummerSlam 2017. Yeah. Gets lost in the sh- I guess when you're talking about a six hour broadcast, yeah, <laughs> people I mean, just did, kind did of anyone like- rave. I mean, you think about it, there was like three, if four star matches on last year's show. The main event was really good. The four I'm, I'm, the four way Haas battle. I'm legit looking it up right now because I don't know what matches you're talking about. Uh, Ambrose and Rollins, ironically, uh, teaming. I think it was like the first time they teamed up when they beat the bar for the tag titles. Yeah. And then maybe you consider it cheating. I don't. Uh, the pre-show with New Day Usos. Those were right. all four-star matches. And n- nobody remembers that as an all-time great show, which is kind of, I think, it probably says something about wrestling in the modern era, but yeah. Yeah, that's kind of right around the time when the Usos were starting to hit their stride, too. Some say they never lost it. Yeah, but they were that they were pretty fresh off the heel turn at that point, right? Still relatively, no, they've been heels for like a year. That was like a year into the heel run. They, they turned heel right up to the brand extension. Okay, it's yeah, like, I guess you're right. Yeah, they, they turned on American Alpha. Yeah, yeah. I feel like last fall was kind of when they really hit their their prime time in, in WWE. So they kind of got put on the back burner or on the shelf for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. after the heel turn, and everyone was like, Come on, man, these guys seem like they're ready for something as heels, and then they, they did go with it, um, around Mania time. Yeah, went through all last year. Well, actually, it's funny you should mention last year's SummerSlam. I'm pretty sure that was the last time. I might be wrong. I think that was the last time we did one of these webcasts. Um, so we used to we used to do these webcasts along with the podcast. A lot of you watching right now probably listen to the show audio wise every week. Uh, and so we kind of just threw around the idea of bringing back the webcast too, and and seeing if you guys enjoy it. Now, I do want to say. If you're watching us live right now as we record on Thursday night, that is for our Patreon supporters only. So you can check it out at uh, patreon.com slash top rope nation. Some of the benefits you get with that are the live webcast. So you can tune in. You can join the chat room. You could perhaps influence how the show goes, what we're talking about. You also get exclusive content. We did uh, last week a SummerSlam 97 review and that was the top rope nation classics podcast so those are exclusive to patreon where we go back look at old topics old shows i thought that was a hell of a good show guys i actually after after we recorded it i've listened back to it in its entirety two times now i was um i was hanging some pictures in my daughter's room the other day and i needed something to listen to so i threw on our patreon show on SummerSlam 97 my wife was in the room and uh she was laughing pretty hard at uh, some of the early conversation in that show, given what a good year 1997 was for a couple a, of us. It was a very good year. Yeah, Justin in particular. So if you want to know what we're talking about, <laughs> check out patreon.com slash top rope nation. That is exclusive content that will be coming out with you uh, every month. And so for those of you watching live, we appreciate your support and hopefully we'll keep that growing. So got to give a shout out to our good friend, Bill Matz, too. I'm rocking a Philly Spectrum T-shirt. That's right. right Bill, Bill joined us last month for our um, WWE Extreme Rules pay-per-view post show. Uh, so every time we do one of these pay-per-view post shows, we're going to have a panel and uh, we're going to bring on a kind of a surprise guest or someone from outside at the Top Rope Nation to join us. So Bill Matz joined us uh, last month. 
And then for SummerSlam this year, we are going to be doing a live pay-per-view post show. That one will be open for everyone. We will be live on YouTube immediately following SummerSlam this Sunday. And uh, we will have a fourth man in the booth with us that night as well. So I'll be making that announcement here shortly on our Twitter page. Do you know who that is? I may. Or I may not tell me or <laughs> <laughs> I have not told either of my co-hosts who it's going to be. yet. Oh. So uh, there's actually a couple of names floating on out there. Oh. So I'm kind of debating if I want four of us on or five of us. And we might Jesus. save one of them for the next pay-per-view. We'll see. Five might be overload. Yeah, I was gonna say, who's booking this thing? Less Moonves or what? <laughs> so I don't know. It should be a fun time, though. That pay-per-view post show with Bill last month was a lot of fun. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. So, um, guys, before we get to. Uh, SummerSlam and TakeOver. We got some news to discuss. And so everyone knows by now. And if you don't know, the reason I'm wearing this classic t-shirt right here from my friends at Homage is because Jim the Anvil Neidhart sadly passed away. uh, I guess that was Monday morning. And uh, Jim had not been in the best health in uh, the, the last few years. Although it sounds like from the last thing that I read, his death was kind of a freak accident um, because it sounds like he fell and hit his head and had a seizure. And that's what caused him to pass away. Now, I I was pretty devastated when I heard about this. I don't know what you guys were thinking, but uh, as a kid, legitimately, the Hart Foundation was my first favorite act in pro wrestling. Um, I was just, God, three or four years old when I started watching wrestling with my dad. And I loved the Hart Foundation. And so this one, this one really hit me right away. And I know Justin is a longtime Bret Hart fan, and I'm pretty sure you liked the Hart Foundation before then. So when did you hear about Jim's death, and uh, what were your thoughts on that? Um, actually, I I heard it from our uh, our text thread when I think you posted it. Um, sad, uh, the Hart Foundation, just like you. I mean, they were just huge influence on me as a kid. I mean, they were one of the coolest tag teams, uh, around. And I know they weren't the first, but for me, they were the first where it was, you know, a tag team that dressed to liked, but weren't like clones of each other. You know, you had like the tactician and then the muscle. So, uh, that always stood out. Um, as far as shock value with how often this happens to, to, guys we watched growing up there there's just not a lot of shock for me anymore i mean i wasn't too terribly surprised it, it was sad uh especially you know because we you know we currently watch natty on television but um he's going to be missed and uh I, I think he was a huge influence especially uh i think he, he was big on keeping bret hart relevant when he first came in because bret hart came into atlanta giants and uh, he, he gave just a little bit of legitimacy uh, to Bret Hart. Yeah, I like that take. That's for sure. Just being kind of the big dude in the tag team. Yeah, you're right. Just they had such a cool look for the time period. Like guys wearing pink, but they look cool in pink. The sunglasses, the leather jackets, like everything about the presentation, especially for a young co- a young kid at the time, was super cool. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts on Jim Neidhart? Yeah. Um. To kind of piggyback up what Justin said, I think given where their career trajectories went as singles, it would be easy to say, oh, well, you know, Brett was the star of the team and, you know, it was just a vehicle for Brett before he took off as a single. But I think that's an incorrect statement. I think Jim's role in the Hart Foundation tag team was completely underrated even to this day. Um, 
Justin kind of hit on it a bit that particularly when they became a babyface act, the anvil was very crucial towards that team getting over as babyfaces. He was the one with the personality. He was the one who came across kind of as more of a babyface than Brett did. Um, and, you know, Brett even has admitted um, that Jim carried, you know, the backstage promos mm-hmm. initially. You know, I mean, that, that was, you know, they didn't have Jimmy Hart anymore. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, it was kind of the Anvil's persona that I think made them attractive to people. Um, you know, kind of if, if someone were to lump him in as to say like Brutus Beefcake in the Dream Team or Stevie Ray in a Harlem Heat, that's completely unfair. It's because it's not the same thing. Jim brought something unique that made the team. Whereas like Bruce Beefcake would just come in, you know, stomp a guy five times while Greg Valentine caught his breath mm-hmm. and then came back in and went back to doing 90% of the work. Um, couple, as far as like on a personal level with the Hart Foundation, um, them beating the British Bulldogs in 1987 was actually the first title change I ever saw in pro wrestling. I started watching WWF in late 86, and that just happened to be the first title change they did after I started watching. Um, obviously with the, you know, the evil ref angle with da- Danny Davis, that's something that, you know, always stuck with me. Always remember. I remember, um, you know, it seeming like, you know, and I still wasn't like, gra- I'm six years old. So am I really grasping what a title change truly means? Eh, who knows? But it just seemed like such a big deal. So I always will remember the Hart Foundation um, for that. And then kind of a funnier story is like, you know, we just talked about 97 on the Patreon show. Um, and from that era, I remember watching raw one week and my dad, who does not like wrestling at all, unlike yours. Um, he came down he, probably just to say, you know, good night or something like that. Cause it was the end of raw. I know that for a fact. And he looks at, but he, he knew like the guys from the era that like when I was a kid, like, you know, he knew like Hulk Hogan, Ronnie Piper, he knew the big names. And he looks at the TV when he comes down into the basement. And he said, he goes, Oh, Bret Hart. He's like, who was that guy he used to be with all the time? And I'm like, Jim, the anvil, my heart. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, whatever happened to that guy? I'm like, yeah, he hasn't been around in years. I shit you not. Five seconds later, for the first time in three years, Jim Neidhart runs on a WWE TV and attacks Steve Austin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll always, yeah. So that's always like I when I was, I knew we were doing this podcast and I was thinking of Jim Neidhart stuff. That story, I, I remember that story. I was like, God, that was crazy. You know, and my dad probably has <laughs> watched five seconds of wrestling ever since that. But, you know, <laughs> there you go, dad. <laughs> I, I, I brought up, uh, uh, how the juxtaposition between Brett being a technical wrestler and uh, Jim Anvil being kind of the muscle, but that also went to their interviews in the back. Whereas Brett Hart was like the laid back, you know, cool, calm guy. When Jim and Jim, the uh, Anvil Neidhart always had that kind of maniacal energy, just kind of like bubbling in, just like bursting in spurts. And that was another thing I always liked about the Hart Foundation. And I just, Wanted to get out there uh, uh, two matches of the Hart Foundation. One is uh, probably in my top three favorite tag matches of all time. Happened at a SummerSlam 1990 against Demolition. Uh, the two out of three falls matched. I, I loved that match. Uh, that was one of the, like, kind of what they were Kyle so was over yeah, in yeah. that match. Th- that was one of the uh, title changes that really stuck with me as a kid. And then 
along the same lines, uh, WrestleMania seven, when they lost to the nasty boys, I, that devastated me as a young kid. Yeah. I like what both of you guys said there. Cause to steal a term from Justin before we went on the air here, the yin and yang that perfectly describes Brett and Jim. Like that's why the team was mm-hmm. so good because they were the opposites in every way that would benefit them. Brett, quiet guy, anvil, full of charisma, great on the mic back then. Brett would become good on the mic, but, but he's talked about over the years, like the whole reason he started wearing the sunglasses is because he was so nervous on the mic backstage and his eyes were darting around everywhere. But Jim was the guy who could put him over the top. What's that famous promo where um, Anvil's getting really into it and Brett's like, easy, big man, easy. That kind of like... I think that's SummerSlam 90. Yeah, that illustrates where Jim's crazy, Brett's laid back. It was the perfect dynamic. And... Uh, yeah, I think to Kyle's point and your dad, I think Anvil is more known in pop culture, especially for people that were grown in the 80s and early 90s and a lot of people realize because I've had people mention Jim the Anvil Nightheart to me too that aren't even wrestling fans. Um, I remember one time, uh, it was like right around the time I could probably start to grow facial hair. <laughs> so maybe in high school or something. And I'm at my grandma's house. And one of my uncles, who's not a wrestling fan at all, but he knew I was a big wrestling fan, he came up to me and was like, God, pretty soon you're going to look like that guy, the Anvil. I just <laughs> clear as day remember that. And it's like, he, he knew Jim the Anvil night. And this was years later, you know. So, yeah, he's very well known for uh, for that time period and um, from the wrestling boom. Yeah. So We talked about that with, you know, another guy who unfortunately just passed away a couple weeks ago, Nikolai Volkov. You know, it, it's just that era that, you know, even people who just casually, you know, observe wrestling, didn't watch it with a, yeah. a careful eye, know and remember these names. Um, I'll throw out a match wreck, too. Um, that's actually not a Heart Foundation match, believe it or not. Um, I'm not the first person to bring this up this week. Uh, Charles, a.k.a. Loss from Pro Wrestling, only tweeted this, and um, it was a match that got a lot of love. When the DVDVR did their best of mid south list, uh, it was Jim Neidhart and Butch Reed, another guy with a football background who would a couple years later go into WWF teaming up in a cage match against Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2 from Christmas night 1983 in mid south. It's, it's a really good match. I would recommend people check that out. Nice. Have you guys checked out that collection they posted on the network? I have not yet, no. I haven't, I haven't either. I was curious what they have in there. I haven't checked oh, it out. Oh, you know yet. what? I, I did actually give it a cursory look because I was looking at something today. Um, it was all WWF stuff. It was all stuff I'd seen before. Okay. Before That's what I figured. Squash. That's too bad. <laughs> I'd seen in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, well one, one little known thing, too, about the anvil. It's, you know, again, we talk about, well, you know, everyone kind of, well, two things actually with uh, that speak well to him. You know, everyone kind of looks it back. Oh, okay, it was just a matter of time before Brett broke out as a single. Well, you know, they kind of dipped their toe in it twice before they actually wound up doing it in 91. And it was pretty clear both times that the crowd still wanted the Hart Foundation over just Bret Hart as a single. You know, when they did it, I think the time was right. But, you know, I think it speaks positively to Jim, you know, Justin mentioned the match at Summer 7. I mean, they were like over like Rover, man, at that show. People like it was not a deal of like, oh, give us Bret Hart the single already. People liked the freaking Hart Foundation. 
And as far as when the split did happen, WWF, people forget about this a lot. They still thought highly enough of him that they gave him a role. It did not last long. And to be fair, I don't know if he was great in the role. Uh, as the third man in the booth for Wrestling Challenge with Gorilla and Bobby. It lasted, um, I think, I don't know, maybe the, just the summer of 91. But, you know, they, they thought of him enough on the mic to give him that, that role. Yeah, and it, it's too bad. Like he was, he was in and out of the company after the Heart Foundation split. Obviously, what people are going to remember is is the team with Owen, the new foundation, briefly, and then of course the Heart Foundation in '97, which we discussed at length on that Patreon only show where we went back just days before his unfortunate death, and we we talked about Neidhart and the legal issues when he came back in '97 with the Heart Foundation, while he, why he was unable to wrestle for a while and everything, but uh, went with Brett over to WCW after Montreal. So um, obviously he never, he never hit any highs like the, like the original heart foundation after the fact, but uh, very, very talented wrestler, obviously a huge influence on, on teaching what he knew to Natty and Natty's had a lot of success. So that's a testament to uh, not just being a great dad, but a, a great mind for the wrestling business, I think. So WWF wasn't going to show what they did to him in the in that on that '97. What Sean and Hunter did to him on that '97 Raw. No, I thought man. of that. Was that okay? I know maybe time and place or whatever. Is that the coldest treatment they've ever given someone on the way out the door when yeah. they did to Jim Neidhart? That was. I, I remember that. That was awful. It was terrible. And you know what? There was actually someone on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but I saw it. Um, and they, they didn't mean this like ironically. They posted a picture of Jim like with his hands held up with uh, HBK and Triple H before China gives him the low blow, I think. And they were like, Jim Neidhart is the only guy to be in DX and the Heart Foundation. It's like, <laughs> do you realize what happened like two seconds later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, was, I think this was a younger fan that probably had never had seen that. And they just saw a picture or something. I remember watching that Raw Live and just being like, and knowing what the repercussions were and what was like, you know, when I'm saying like, I'm, you're really grasping the behind the scene or as much as you can. Um, and I'm like, whoa, they just freaking just emasculated him on live television, man. Yeah. But, you know, tip of the cap, great performer for that era, great tag wrestler, the Hart Foundation. I don't think they're the best WWF tag team of all time, but they're, you know, certainly up near the top. I don't think Justin or I will disagree with you there, Justin. Disagree with them that they're not the best tag team? <laughs> that, that they're up near the top. Well, yeah, top five easily. Yeah, I would say top five for sure, too. Would you say top five, Kyle? I'd have to think about it. You know how I like to think about those. <laughs> Very analytical. He'd have sanity, number one. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> probably the new day next uh i would the new days on that list yes okay i was being sarcastic because you usually used to you used to bash the new day on the show yeah i like them though now I, <laughs> okay. I, after they got rid of the corny stuff i love them i love the new day of the last two years all right that 2016 ugh, overhyped <laughs> so our next topic i was debating whether we would touch on this or not but uh we've discussed this person on the show several times so we're going to hit on it briefly um the dave Meltzer situation before we get to SummerSlam, uh getting a lot of talk a lot of play on twitter over the last 24 hours feels and, like it's uh, been a week <laughs> yeah there's it's been a lot to happen in wrestling this week so 
Dave's comments, um, if you didn't hear it or if you only heard a snippet of it, had to do with uh, Peyton Royce and the Iconics and how they've done on the main roster, which I think we can all agree they haven't done the greatest on the main roster. I, I think they were better in NXT for sure. I would I would agree with Dave on that. Now, what Dave said, I don't know. You guys might have differing opinions than me. Um, he for sure should have not said that. He, this is a guy who has a lot of weight in wrestling journalism and just the wrestling circle in general. Um, so I don't feel like it's a subject he should have broached at all. Um, so the, the controversy was that Dave had said that she was a lot lighter in NXT. But if you listen to the full exchange, yeah, she was more attractive in NXT <laughs> and more attractive in NXT. Um, the lighter thing, I think he was talking about her, her getting breast implants. Uh, if you listen to the full exchange, there was just a snippet of it on Twitter. Uh, but definitely like the fact that the guy said she was more attractive and then that no way, man, you can't, you can't do that in 2018. And I would have never done that. And I understand why he's getting all the flack is bad taste. Or what were your first reactions? I, Kyle, you're a big Meltzer guy. You follow what he does pretty closely. What do you think when you saw this? So it's funny what, what you mentioned about the lighter and you thinking that it was a poorly worded attempt at referencing her breast implants. Because when I first got wind of this story, that's also what I thought he was probably making. And then I went back and listened. This happened a week ago, by the way, the actual interview, the actual edition of Wrestling Observer Radio. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to go back and find it, and I listened to it. And if that's what he was trying to say, I don't know. What he said basically was, is she was more attractive in NXT, and she was lighter in NXT. And you can't you can't say that in 2018. You can't do that. It has no merit. Um, if you take umbrage with the fact that you can't say that, that's a you problem, not an us problem, period, point blank, and a discussion. Um, he has apologized for it, which he absolutely should have done. But the easy part, see, this is actually a complex story in what's unfolded since the apology, because people have brought some stuff up. And the easy part is condemning what Meltzer said. I mean, even like you said, he's like, stupid. You know, that's easy. It's, it was obviously stupid. But looking at this in a bigger picture, there's the issue of, you know, does Dave Meltzer or anyone, do the three of us, you know, have a right to comment on cosmetics in wrestling? The answer to that question is absolutely yes. Now, the way Dave did it, where it had no value to wrestling, no. You, you can't, like, you know, for us to, you know, just blurt out thing body shame and blurt out comments on looks i mean if we think someone's attractive i think that's in bounds to say oh she's you know good looking girl but um good looking woman pardon me but i i think you know what dave said was out of bounds but like this is a cosmetic business still okay i know people say well aj styles the smackdown champion yeah okay he is but it's a cosmetic business monday night when dean ambrose returned what was everybody saying yoked Yes, he was yoked. Now, um, I do think there's a difference um, when men comment on men to what compared to men commenting on women. Again, if you have an issue with that, think it's hypocritical. That's a you problem, not an us problem. Okay, but if so, if Dave had said more clearly, kind of what 
you were thinking he might have been trying to say and what I originally thought he might have been trying to say until I listened to the comments that, yeah, okay, there's an issue, you know, you know, eh, since she's gotten the plastic surgery done, it's affected her ring work a little bit. I don't think that's the case, by the way, personally at all. But if that was an argument he's trying to make, that at least has some merit because people pay Dave Meltzer for his analysis on wrestling. I mean, the man's allowed to comment on women, but no one's paying for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that th- that's an interesting topic that I think needs, because this is still above all a cosmetic business. Look at who get the p- people who get pushed for the most part. And yeah, like anything else, there's exceptions. But if you don't think this is a cosmetic business in 2018, you're full of shit. So the way Dave did it, wrong. Are there way are there more responsible ways to approach it? Yes. And there probably is a debate that could be had, not on this particular episode of Top Rope Nation, or maybe not on Top Rope Nation at all, about the pressures individual performers may face cosmetically in this industry. Okay. It doesn't just go for women. I mean, let's talk about the 80s and WF. It was no secret. A lot of guys were roided up. In the 1980s, WWF, were they making these choices all individually on their own? Did they feel pressure from the company when they looked at certain people on top? Those sort of cosmetic uh, discussions inbounds. What Dave Meltzer said, not inbounds. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I'll I'll turn to Justin, because this is, I think, the the, the most fun one. I almost said funnest. The blowback from the WWE locker room towards Dave Meltzer. Okay. The Seth Rollins tweet was very funny. <laughs> you guys, when all of a sudden across my timeline, I see minus six stars, Dave. Yeah, that was funny. That was really funny. I laughed very hard at that. Fit Finley's tweet, not so much. I don't recall what it said. I saw he it. He took remember. a shot at dirt sheet riders. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Um, we've heard, for the most part, and it seems to be true, that the WWE locker room, compared to any previous era, is much more harmonious. And if you're someone who's a fan of Peyton Royce or just wanted to stick up for one of your people in the locker room, I think that's great to do that. But if you're using this as a way to take a shot at Dave Meltzer, then shame on you. Okay, and I'm looking, of course, at Eric Bischoff, too, who, of course, has to tweet, oh, Peyton Royce, you earned a new fan today. Fuck you, Eric Bischoff. Okay, (laughs) that's irresponsible. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, because I'm sure the WWE writing team had to drag you out in front of the cameras, kicking and screaming when you're doing hot lesbian action in in 02, you ass. Yeah. Hey, I was at that show. Okay, well, me. And, and, I'm, and, and if I remember correctly, when I watch his show, I saw a young Ryan Drosty in the crowd saying, "Guys, this is completely uncalled for. We need to tell him this now." I, I, I remember that. On, I remember watching that live on. Uh, was it Spike then? I think yeah, it was Spike. Um, so you know, it, it was it, it became Dave became a low hanging fruit. I thought as the day went on, and it was interesting. Just, you know, how bad it got for him. I mean, I, I haven't seen Meltzer take shit like that really ever. And now part of it is he's a lot less sympathetic than he was five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Because he's such an ass on Twitter. <laughs> Unfiltered Dave. Yeah. Um, 
but some of it I thought, you know, I I didn't like I obviously didn't like Bischoff's tweet. I, I thought Finley when he threw in the dirt sheet writer, I thought that was unnecessary. But you know, for all those who wanted to stick up um for their friend Peyton Royce, they absolutely had every right to do that. Um and by the way, other people pointed this out. I'm I referenced HLA earlier. This is a company that not many months ago took a big hefty payday knowing they couldn't put women on a show. This is true. I, I, I did have a problem, though, I will say, with the people who turned around just defending Dave and, and pointing. Oh, those people were hideous. Yeah, like, oh, they were total oh but WWE does this and WWE is like, that's not really relevant to the conversation. It's not because he was in the wrong. I, I hate when people do that in politics, you know, where you oh. can't criticize someone for something because, well, the other side has done this. Mm-hmm. Well, these things stand on their own. Okay, to be clear with me, I'm only using that in regards to WWE employees. Right, yeah. No, I understand what you meant. Because those people easily could, you know, when I refer to Dave as low-hanging fruit, a lot easier to go after Dave Meltzer than it is your own employer sometimes. Yeah. And WWE, to its credit, is so much better now than they were in two, you know, five years ago, and certainly 2003, certainly 19. Vince Russo was another guy, too, I saw piling on. Give me a break. This guy sent women's rights back to the freaking 1400s. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. <laughs> Justin, you want to take a stab at this? Uh, I've been too busy handing out dick handshakes to be involved in this story. <laughs> Did you see that he he did something like off camera about that? Yeah, apparently oh, everybody at ringside loved it. Oh man, that was another one. Jeez. All right, guys, let's get to SummerSlam because <laughs> oh, you know how I knew the Fit Finley tweet was bad. By the way, how Brad Shepard retweeted it. Oh Jesus! Then you know <laughs> that that is how you know it's terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard about Brad in a while. It's been a while. Yeah. All right. So uh, SummerSlam, should we go through this and give our predictions, our analysis of what went down on TV? We doing, we're doing SummerSlam before TakeOver? Well, we can do it either way. I don't have a, a hard than... format sheet here. What's that? My teeth are pretty white. I kind of like that. <laughs> Patreon only, folks. You can see yeah, my teeth. That's right. On the general, <laughs> the general version of this, I'm going to edit them yellow. So you only see the white uh, on the Patreon live cast. Yes. All right, you guys. Well, let's start with SummerSlam. We'll finish with TakeOver. I think SummerSlam is what most people are tuning in for. So um, TV this week, uh, I thought it was actually fairly good. I thought last week I didn't see a lot of the TV and went back and watched it. I thought this week had better television. I mean, we're nowhere near to the point where in the old days of pro wrestling, the go home shows were always great. Um, they're never really that quality anymore. Uh, but I, I thought TV was pretty good. What'd you guys think of Ron Smackdown this week? Justin, let's go to you. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big, it, it was good. Uh, my two biggest takeaways were, of course the Dean Ambrose return. And I thought those, uh, Miz and, uh, Brian promos, those, three-part series they did were just phenomenal and really only highlighted how bad the very recent buildup has been because they didn't really need to do a whole lot to get me hyped for that match and luckily those videos kind of you know reignited the fire Mm -hmm. yeah i i thought smackdown was the weaker show believe it or not just because i didn't feel like 
as much of note happen on that show, but I did love the video packages too. Uh, and maybe that's because I was sitting around covering the show for comicbook.com and, you know, we kind of just hit articles on the, the big news items of the show. And like through most of the show, there just wasn't anything to write about. Uh, whereas Raw had some pretty big segments. <laughs> Obviously, Ambrose, I thought the opening segment was really good with the women. Um, you got a three hour show. So in between, there was a lot of lull. You know, Reigns but, and Heyman was yeah, outstanding. That was good too. So I, I liked Raw more than SmackDown, despite it being three hours. I thought more memorable segments on Raw for sure. And uh I thought it I thought it did what it what it needed to do. I mean, we've talked a lot on this podcast about Reigns and Lesnar and being burned out on it, but you know, I'm ready to see the match and see what they do. And uh hopefully Reigns wins. We'll get more into that here in a little bit. Um I'm I'm pretty excited to see how this Rousey Bliss match goes too. And uh Ron Ziggler should should be a good match. So I think top to bottom, obviously Brian Miz, like we were talking about. I think top to bottom, this this card has a lot of potential to be a really, really good show. Um, but I don't feel like for some reason it has the excitement of past SummerSlams. But I do think it is it is a really, really good card. So um I guess we could just go through match by match and look at it. Um there's a lot to cover for a for a six hour show, including the kickoff show, which by the way um i assume they might even add another match to the kickoff show have you guys heard about anything if they do i would assume it'd be raw women because yeah sasha and bailey don't have anything i would assume something with them and the riot squad uh-huh but that's the only thing i could think of if there was something else to be added they have right. three matches on the pre-show so already though so and we got the two-hour pre-show right mm-hmm. yeah all right, so I guess we can start with those matches. Um, Almas and Rusev, which Kyle, you said would be the... We were talking off-air. You said that might be the match you would skip if you had to skip a match. No, um, no, I didn't say that. Or no, you, you said the... Uh, you said... Oh, I'm you, sorry. You, you said the uh, Nakamura match. That's right. Yes. I'm thinking of something. Did, say, did, did I do something funny here or something like that? I feel like you're laughing or something. No, because I, uh, I was thinking of our, our preview we wrote. Over on comic book, I think someone had an answer about that. But uh, okay. you're right; you said the Nakamura match, which is yeah. surprising to me a little bit. But no, you you would skip the Nakamura match for sure out of all of these. Yeah, I know you. I know you're not a fan of Nakamura on the WWE main roster, but uh, I mean, some of these tag matches. Did you really think Nakamura and Jeff Hardy's gonna hit it out of the park? No, love but... their match. Love their last match. Loved it. New Day and Bludgeon Brothers. I'm invested there because I want the title change. Okay. I guess I guess I could see that. If you had to skip a match, Justin, what would you say? It's a bad question, by the way. Yeah, I would never skip a WWE match. Come on. <laughs> I will not be skipping any matches either. It's just just oh. some fodder for discussion. Yeah, save that for your interview with Brian Alvarez. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who do we think's going over here? Um for half the crowd that will be in the arena at the time of this match, Rusev or Cien Almas. Well, it's a mixed tag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mixed oh, tag. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I I've enjoyed the buildup. Um, I really like both of these guys. I especially like Almas. I, I've been really high on him for a long time. I hope he wins, but if I had to put money on the match, I, I think Rusev and Lana go over. Probably get the the crowd or crowd there will be you know hyped get going 
Yeah. To be clear, I met Rusev's team and Almas's team. I don't want this podcast to have an anti-woman uh, <laughs> attitude or uh, people think of that about us after this week. But uh, don't want yeah. to the Wrestling Observer Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I would probably agree with Justin there, especially if this ends up being like the first match because uh, yeah, the crowd will be hyped for Rusev. If if New Orleans was any indication, we're gonna have the same types of hardcore fans there for SummerSlam, I think, in Brooklyn, and uh, there'll be a lot of Rusev chants, a lot of Rusev Day shirts out there, and I think they'll get the win, Kyle. I think Almas and Vega are winning. He's got to be the contrarian. Well, no, I think they're clearly going ahead with some sort of Rusev Day breakup with Aiden English, and I think they're going to further that storyline. I know. Touche. Touche, sir. That's true. Um, I know the, the way WWE books that when one act kind of goes over a lot in the bill, they traditionally lose at the pay per view. Um, Oh, there's exceptions like anything else. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think all signs point to Almas and Vega going over here. I completely agree. And that's what I said just like a minute ago. <laughs> I'm going to switch my answer as well. Kyle's always just, you just make too much sense. That's why we got this hardcore analysis on this show. I try, you know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I had given that match too. too much thought whatsoever if that wasn't evidence. So uh, I'll go with your reasoning on that. Oh, okay. If it was only that easy on climate change, huh? <laughs> well, I'm not an expert on uh, Rusev and Almas, so I'm just yeah. not sure what to think. Yeah. All right. Uh, 205 Live, by the way. So in the past, you guys were always talking about talking up 205 Live, big fans of the show. Have you guys been watching 205 Live lately? Nope. Oh, yeah. I mean, I try to catch it whenever I can, yeah. How's the show been uh, recently, Kyle? I think Drew Gulak has had a great three months. And Enough to get the win here? I don't know. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if it matters. And I feel terrible saying that. I, I think, you know, because normally I often say the opposite of this. But what really just matters, I think, most is these guys being allowed to go off and have a banger in front of a larger audience. Although pre-show insert joke about larger audience here. Um, because you know, since 205 Live started operating inside of its own universe, basically, at the beginning of the year, the brand is yet to produce, and it's been limited opportunities, certainly, um, a great match outside of you know being on the network and its own. So that's just all I want to see. I actually don't even care who wins. I just want to see them have a great match that gets over um, in front of what hopefully is a larger audience. Although it'll probably be very similar to what they're used to performing in front of on uh, 205 Live Crowd. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. So we've got uh, also on the kickoff show, the Raw Tag Team title match. Kyle, I'm kind of surprised you, as far as skipping a match, you wouldn't say this one, actually. Uh, the Would BC you stop with the skipping a match? You're the one who <laughs> in that comic book article ripped the damn question. <laughs> uh, the B-team versus the Revival. I love all pro wrestling matches. I know you do. You'll sit through <laughs> it all. You went to, uh, God, how many shows did you go to that day in, in New Orleans where you went to the, the Janela show? Three shows that day? Four shows? Something I don't know. I was drunk the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> is that the show you, where you met Doink the Clown with the uh, 
Handful Alabama of beer. Like, rest in peace, another man. You know, pour one out for him, man. Here we go. Jesus, yeah. I almost poured water on my laptop. That would have been one hell of a move, <laughs> wouldn't it? Let's end the show now. Um, all right. So I assume you would think on the surface the revival would finally get the tag team titles here. Jesus um, Christ, I hope so. The B team's been obviously getting this push. They got the new theme song and everything. I gotta go with the revival, though. It's time. <laughs> let's let's make this, let's give some uh Let's make this title have some seriousness behind it. What do you think, Justin? Oh man, the raw tag team division is just a, so bad. It's a mess right now. They've they've really ruined the revival for me. I'd I would like to see the revival win if they're going to hold them for a while. I just have a feeling that we're going to possibly get Rollins and Ambrose or Ziggler and McIntyre getting those titles, you know, here soon. Um, so I, I just, I, I hate to say it. I just, I, I don't care about this match. It, it would be nice to see the revival win. I'll just say that, I guess. There's probably an argument that Ziggler and McIntyre should have won the tag titles from the beginning when they did that tournament or whatever. Remember they were, they were curiously in that battle Royal and got eliminated first. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, it kind of makes no sense. Um, the B team is an odd act in the sense that I feel I care about them less the more they win. You know, it, it's, this is the weirdest thing I'm ever going to say, but they feel like a poor man's version of of Heath Slater and Rhino. <laughs> uh, that was another kind of thing. And we talked about this with the raw tag division. The raw tag division has a lot of like feel good opening match of a live event acts. But I just don't, I don't view the beat. Like if you want to make the raw tag titles meaningful, you don't keep them on the B team for a long time. I'm sorry. You just don't. I think they're, <laughs> you know, um, I know for, Ryan Drosty, nothing will come close to American Alpha's theme song, but oh, that theme Jesus. song is bad. And uh, the B team's new theme song is bad. I think it was, you know, much like, okay, Matt and Bray with the, you know, the deleter of worlds. It's cute for a few weeks, and then it's just the law of diminishing returns. I just don't think the B team is something you do long term. I think, you know, they're not, to be honest, they're not great. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. They're just not. The Revival, if they lose here, I just, you kind of throw your hands up and say, well, what then? So, please, please put it on the Revival. Yeah, I mean, if you ever want the Revival to be taken seriously, they have to win this match, right? I think, oh, and by the way, another bad, this week in bad Twitter takes, your boy Bully Ray pissing and moaning about the revival doing the heart attack when it wasn't the finish. I'd like to go back and review the tape of the Dudley's ECW work and see how many uh, quote unquote finishing moves were kicked out of that. Yeah. Hit the bricks. <laughs> and how many super kicks and pile drivers do we have in mid match? Yeah. Um, okay. Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. Let's get right after it. Kyle's favorite match on the card. I got to think Nakamura is going to go over here. Um, or you would think get some Randy Orton interference. Um, are you guys surprised by the way that Orton wasn't added to this match? Yes. I'm, I'm pretty shocked that they brought him back with so much 
fan interest. I mean, he got a great reaction from the crowd. So much focus put on those attacks on Jeff Hardy, and then he's not really officially on the card, although, of course, everyone expects him expects him to interfere in the match. Kyle? I would say, I'll be honest, when they ran down the card on Tuesday and this wasn't a triple threat, I was shocked. I had just assumed, I guess, in my mind um, that it had been made one already because everyone just assumed it. And then I was like, oh, it's not? Okay. I guess, shame on me. Usually I get those details, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, I don't think Jeff Hardy's a chance of winning. I mean, I, I don't think there's an argument for that, really. No. No, I I think I wrote on an article in comic book like a week ago, something like almost certainly Randy Orton will be added to this match. So I was shocked he, he wasn't added. Uh, Justin, you're probably not disappointed Randy Orton's not in this match, though. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> Here we go. So you got Nakamura, too? Yeah, I'll go Nakamura. I, 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 I'm reinvested with Jeff Hardy right now. I like I like the face paint and the eye stuff. I, I'm, I'm a Mark. What can I say? But yeah, Nakamura all the way. You know, not to dig up old talking points, but what the hell? It's a wrestling podcast. I really, in retrospect, Rusev really should have won the U S title at WrestleMania and gotten a nice baby face run with that title. And him and Almas should be like the U. Just seems so much fresher as a U.S. title program right now than these three. I mean, regardless of what you think, a Nakamura, whether it's the booking, whether it's him, whatever, Nakamura, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Orton just feel like three guys who, yeah, okay, they're over WWE season at a certain level, and it's just like, well, let's give them the U.S. title as a prop to play with in this feud, where. I, I almost think like the U.S. title, it just, I don't know, like I would rather with those three, them coming up with kind of a personal issue between those three. Um, you know, when it comes to secondary titles, I like them to be used for ascendant wrestlers like Almas conceivably could be, you know, where a couple weeks ago they on SmackDown when Almas beat Rusev, that could have been your title change and you could have still done this mixed tag and been in the same spot. But neither here nor there. I like I what I'm, you said. Yeah, I'm going to call off our feud because I really like that take. That was something <laughs> I thought of earlier and kind of forgot to bring up is, is Rusev almost should definitely be the U.S. title match. Well, and, and in that situation, though, Kyle, <laughs> then you're also admitting that Nakamura should have won the WWE title from AJ Styles. There's a, That's a separate argument, but it's an argument. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would agree there, too. So, yeah, that would that would be a much better U.S. title feud, though, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, the, the next match here, I'm actually having a really hard time picking a winner with this one because I just Whoa. we've talked about this situation and with Becky and Charlotte on the show oh. the last couple of weeks. I feel like there's so many different ways that they can go with this match that I really have Three no idea who's going to win. Fact. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like as far as like heel turns, baby face, you know, the heat between Charlotte and Becky, does Charlotte turn heel, does Charlotte turn cost becky the match and win the title do they have do those two have some kind of feud in the match that costs both of them the match and carmella walks out the champion i i don't know i think going in a lot of people don't think carmella has a chance to retain but i actually think she does have a chance to retain i'd say 50 50 oh i disagree I, like i'd say 80 percent chance carmella retains here um i don't think becky has a chance uh, I think the only way Charlotte gets it, if it's some underhandedness to continue to build to a potential Becky and Charlotte feud, 
Um, you know, Carmella won the title, and I don't think they're going to take it off of her yet. They're still kind of building this 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 giant heel in SmackDown, which they kind of need. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think with the odds being pretty high that you get a new Raw Women's Champion, you know, do they do they switch both women's titles on the show? I don't know if that's a sure thing. So. I don't know. I, I do think the focus of the match, regardless of the outcome, is going to be Charlotte and Becky and, and the heat between them, for sure. So uh, the outcome could be secondary, because eventually we're going to get to Charlotte with the with the title. But I don't know that it'll happen here or not. What are your thoughts, Kyle? Yeah, there really are a lot of things they could do here. Okay. Uh, with Charlotte and Becky, one thing that I don't want to say concerned, because I don't think WWE booking can really concern me, but one thing that I how should I say, maybe I don't agree with is the way they're building this thing is that Becky's giving me the one who turns heel. And I think that's a mistake. Um, okay. People could make the argument. Well, it's fresh. People won't see it coming. Okay. That's fine. Um, there is nothing about the Becky Lynch character though, that really screams heel. I- I've said this before. I think she's one of the most likable characters on the entire WWE roster. Charlotte Flair, on the other hand, is an absolutely atrocious babyface. And she's the one who probably needs to go heel. But that's not the way they've been building it. Um, As for who wins here, one of the, my God, Justin Joyne became a chair. It's like the Um, kickoff show here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was it me? Was it something I said? I mean, I'll get to the pit. We're playing to an empty arena, Kyle. (laughs) The goddamn pick in a second, okay? I know I'm like Seth Rollins. I got to get all my shit in, but Jesus. Yeah, he just sent Uh, a message. He's going to refill his vodka, so we're good. Okay. Um, But I like that Seth Rollins joke I just made, by the way. (laughs) Um, A booking trope of WWE that I don't like, and that certainly applies here, is when they have the heel champion lose non-title matches to all the babyface challengers to set up a multi-person match, which theoretically makes it harder for them to defend the title, and then they defend the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. like that. You know, like when a heat when the odds are stacked against a heel, and then you book the heel to overcome the odds. That's not really booking one one. Yeah, <laughs> kind of opposite. Yeah, but but they do it a lot and. You forced me to make a pick here. I'm going to go Carmella because I, I I do spoiler. I do think they're going to change the raw women's title. They, they definitely need to change one of them because mm-hmm. Ryan, you and I when I remember when we started doing the show and I've said this 18 billion times, probably an issue I always had with the brand extension. The first time is when the two brands kind of have the same vibe going on in similar spots on the card and Alexa and Carmella. I don't think I've said this again many times before. I think they're not exactly the same, but they're kind of the same character as your female champion. And so I definitely want to see one of those change uh, by night's end. Yeah, no, I think, I think I would pick Carmella at this point too, even though it seems like online, nobody thinks she has a chance to win. I just, I feel like there's too much, there's too much heat and, possible controversy between Becky and, and Charlotte that okay, uh, you, you, yeah. you guys I think will like this actually I, I thought of something unrelated another reason why I don't want them to turn on each other uh, Charlotte and Becky that is 
now or in the next couple weeks even is I gave some thought to that evolution pay-per-view. I know I'm going a little off subject here. You know what the big angle I want to see set up at that show is? Horsewomen versus horsewomen. And yeah, there's, again, we could get way off track. There's going to be some kooky face heel dynamics within the teams even maybe if you do that. But knowing the way that writer's room works, the idea at the end of that show or sometime during that show of those two sides facing off on that pay-per-view, and that's the time to do it because they're all going to be there. That you could sell Vince McMahon on that man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that makes sense too. Speaking of that women's pay per view, you would think too that they would want to do a title change on that show, and Rousey's not going to be losing the title that soon. So if she if Rousey wins the title here at SummerSlam, it almost makes you think certainly the SmackDown title would have to switch on that show. And again, fantasy booking alert: <laughs> we could. Charlotte could win it there. Rousey confronts her. MMA horse women with her. Here comes Charlotte's troops as backup. Mm-hmm. Again, we, we, we might just be pulling shit out of our ass. <laughs> <What> the <laughs> There's fuck like a 50, that? 60% chance that's what we're doing. But that's what we're good yeah. at here. Yeah. All right, Justin. You got your vodka. What's, uh, what's your pick on this one? The Carmella match? Yeah. Yeah, I already said. I already said Carmella. All right, haven't changed your mind at all. Yeah, all right, we're all on board with Car- Carmella then. All right, sounds good. So Peach. I guess we should just take this right into the Raw match then, the Raw women's match. So we all think Rousey's winning. No, no, Justin. Um, kind of what you guys oh. were just talking about is that uh, th- there there needs to be something big for that uh, Evolution pay per view. And it would not surprise me if uh, the heel Alexa Bliss, you know, does some underhandedness, evil deeds to get out of this match uh, and to do the title change at Evolution. And then you can maybe uh, have Charlotte win the Women's Royal Rumble. And then you have that match at Royal Rumble or excuse me, WrestleMania. Okay. so I'm I'm saying Alexa Bliss. That's who I think is going to win. Okay. I feel like they're not patient enough to to hold off until then. Like I can I can see the argument to do that for sure. Um, I feel like SummerSlam such a big show, and they'll get the mainstream publicity with Ronda Rousey that they want to strike while the iron's hot right now and and do the switch right here. And that's kind of that's kind of why I've sold myself on Rousey almost certainly winning, but could be wrong, Kyle. Yeah. So I was thinking, all right, if Rousey doesn't win, that means she obviously loses. Well, how are you going to have her lose? Then? To me, the only way, the only thing I could come up with for having Rousey lose is if you had Natty cost turn on her and cost her the match. And not to make light of anything, but given the events of last week, I don't think Natty should be involved in this pay-per-view. So, um, you know, I think Rhonda, I think just basic booking, you know, I, I think you don't want to have Rhonda lose or do something like, you know, remember when Brock, that period, late 15, early 16, where he was like involved in matches that like just didn't have finishes. He wasn't the champion at that time, but like 
the one match was here in Cleveland. It was like fast lane. He was like in a three way and he was the guy who wasn't pinned. I don't think you want to do that with Rousey. I think, you know, you, you did the one match at money in the bank where she didn't factor into a finish because you did the cash in and that worked. But I, I, I don't think, I think you want to keep up her aura and have her win. So mm-hmm. I just, I just can't come up with a conceivable good way for her not to get the title. And I think the crowd's ready for it. Um, as for what you do then with Alexa Bliss, I don't know. Just come up with that after. But I, I think Rousey should be the champion. I think, I think delaying should, it's a mistake. They should redo the uh, uh, Lesnar and Orton SummerSlam match from a while ago and have Alexa TKO Honda. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the Natty situation leading into the match was what you could see because everyone's been talking about Natty turning on Rousey, but. I don't think she'll be at this show, nor should she be. So with that option off the table, I feel like Rousey's pretty much got to win. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's either you, I mean, somebody else interfered. I mean, you you don't want Alexa Bliss pinning Ronda Rousey. I I just, I I just, I I would be ardently against that. If I'm in the WWE writer's room and someone, I'm pounding my fist. No, no, no. Yeah. And And, and the only other option then is to do some lame ass DQ, which I don't know. I don't know how well that gets over either. Right. No, I, I agree too. She can't beat her here. So, all right. So that's, that's both women's title matches. Uh, do you do a squash? I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have it be a long match. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't have Alexa squash Rhonda. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I don't know. It shouldn't be long, but I don't think they, sh- they should make, Alexa look completely inept because they've spent two years building her up as this what five time women's champion now. She can do uh, chicken shit stuff like sliding yeah. out of the ring, refusing to lock up. I don't Remember think it should go longer stuff. than ten minutes though. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's true for a lot of pro wrestling matches these days, to be honest. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um before we get to I was thinking on the IC title match, let's say that for a second. Let's go right to Brian and the Miz, because I was kind of thinking about that one in the back of my head here a little bit ago. Um, so reported didn't Brian just give an interview where he said he's like 90% gonna re-sign with WWE, mm-hmm. but he but he still hasn't. <laughs> so yes, like you guys like think you're so cool and he's gonna like show up at all in and he's gonna like start crying. <laughs> Chopping WWE. Hey, I'm not saying he should or that he will. I just said, what was that? Two months ago on the show, I said I could see a situation where he would do it. Uh, I still think, yeah, like the odds are he will resign, but he hasn't, and I'm not sure what he's waiting on. And if he hasn't resigned the day of SummerSlam, I don't think he's winning this match. Yeah, uh, I think regardless if he signs or not. Miz should go over here. I think that's if he is leaving, Miz should definitely go over. Even if he's resigning, I think the most interesting story is to start with uh, Miz winning. Yeah, to extend the feud. I agree. I, I couldn't agree with Justin anymore. That's um, again, booking 101. We talked about this when Brian beat Big Cass in the first match. We're like, wait, they're continuing this feud. The baby face just beat the heel clean. Um, if you want to get mileage out of the feud, the heel needs to go over in the first match. Um, yeah, even if Brian has secretly signed and they're just playing games, I, I think they're going to do something with this contract negotiation storyline wise, personally. Um, so I'm picking Miz. It could be a fluke. I think this is going to be the best match of the night, personally. It very well could be. And, uh, I will also pick the Miz 
So I guess we're all on the same page there. Their live event matches have gotten very strong reviews, even when they were doing them a couple months ago. So I've got very high expectations for this. And Justin mentioned it. Those videos were incredible that they did on SmackDown. I It actually felt like a godforsaken real professional wrestling feud. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like, uh, it was something. It was good. Three of them. I liked like, all of them. Like, like when Brian mentioned about Miz taking his moves, he legitimately came across as offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, and, and they did a good job of like, they kayfabed all of that too. They didn't like, they seem to have edited the talking smack a little bit where, you know, cause one of the points of that was that the way Miz works is a little bit softer style. They kind of glossed over that. So I, I really liked that, that they kept this, you know, wrestling storyline. And this feels like one of the most important matches with a long built feud that the WWE's had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost irrelevant the fact that, quite frankly, they haven't booked Brian that great since he's been back. I liked the uh, throwbacks to that original NXT with Brian and where they talked about how he couldn't win. And then Brian mentioned when he ditched the Miz, then he started winning. That was perfect. Yes. Great. So, yeah, I agree. Those those segments were awesome. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this match, too. Uh, all right. Ziggler and Rollins for the IC title. Guys, Dolph Ziggler doing his best, best uh, 2003 Triple H. Did you guys <laughs> think that when you saw him? backstage yes either that or greg the hammer valentine 1984 well someone someone responded to my tweet and, and threw that out there too yeah i can see that as well but the uh the the combed out hair the suit like just like back in 03 when triple h would uh open raw with like a 20 minute promo every cool. single week those were some dark days yes um all right so as far as who's gonna win this one I think it's going to be a really good match. Uh, they've had they've had great matches in the past. Um, hopefully, they won't have the annoying crowd like they had uh, last month. Uh, we we don't have an Iron Man match situation, so that shouldn't be an issue. But uh, never know about these smarky crowds at the big shows. But I think the crowd wants to see both of these guys work, and uh, you should have a good contest. Uh, man. I don't know. Some of this is going to depend on what they're going to be doing with Dean Ambrose, obviously, long term. And there's the situation of does he does Dean Ambrose turn on Rollins right away or do they save that? Now, I think they save it. I don't think he's going to turn on him right away. I think that would be a rush job. Uh, Justin, you had your hand up. You got a thought on this one. I agree with you just said. If they're going to do the Dean heel turn, they have to do it at SummerSlam. And that has to be kind of part of the story of him coming back. Um, if not, they need to wait a while, build up the friendship again, and then do it maybe, you know, way later on. Um, for the record, I, 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 I'm, wait, I, wait, wait, I, I was confused. Which one are you picking? Did, did, did did you say that they should do it at SummerSlam or that they should wait? I was, I no, was just, there. just, no, I'm sorry. Just story wise. Uh, they either need to pull the trigger wide right away so that he, he can explain, you know, why he came back and turned on him right away. 
or else they need him to be a face for like, you know, the next. Okay. Six I actually agree with that. Yeah, I'm I sorry. That's what I'm sure. Like, you, yeah. you can't do a straight up match where he helps Rollins wins at SummerSlam. And then like a week later, have him turn in my opinion. Um, he looks fucking fantastic. Uh, the, 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 does he look widows... better than he did in NXT? <laughs> yes. We can't get into this look stuff, Kyle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Rollins. I think he helps Rollins win. Um, I'm actually excited for Dean Ambrose, which is the first time I've probably said that since the initial feud between Rollins and Ambrose. So I, this, this is going to be great. See, I see, I see Kyle thinking hard there. I'm going to also pick, uh, I'm going to pick Rollins too. We're we're definitely at 14 minutes, 59 seconds for this Dolph Ziggler IC title run. You know, I've referred to Dolph as the, you know, as just a very replaceable component of WWE programming before. And it's funny, he cut a very similar promo to Randy Orton two weeks ago on SmackDown. Just this past week on Raw, I'm talking about this, the, the, the you know, right before Ambrose come back. And Orton cut it better. And Randy Orton, by his own mission, his strong suit's not promo. So um, it depends what you want, what you're doing with Rollins and Ambrose. Again, there's in a vacuum, I say Seth Rollins just to go over, just because I think Seth Rollins is a better performer. I think he was great as the Intercontinental Champion. Um, You can do a story down the road where Dean does turn on him, and that's an IC title program. Um, I do agree with what Justin said as well. Either you do the turn right away or you shelve it for a while because, and I'm really fearful they're going to pick option three, Justin, I don't know about you, that they're going to pick, you know, it's going to be the one of them where it's like, well, it'll be a couple weeks. The reason that it would work well now is because I think people still want to see them team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and so like there would actually be a kind of a legit, you know, kind of upset reaction by the crowd if he turned. Well, and you get the, uh, you know, he's supposed to be this lunatic fringe, and you know maybe you actually get to see that with like an immediate turn because normally a guy comes back unless you want to screw it up like they did with Rollins when he came back from his injury. Normally, a guy comes back from a long term injury who is kind of hot before they come back hotter like that dean ambrose got a great reaction rollins when he came back the classic one is triple h coming back from from his injury you know around uh wrestlemania 8 dean ambrose could have a a a hot couple weeks with his return and my fear is that he's just going to revert back to silly trying to hit guys with TVs, Dean Ambrose. God, I hope not. If Dolph wins or retains, I should say, there's got to be kind of hopefully a plan B already set up for who's taking it from, whether it's like Drew turning on him or something or Finn Balor, um, you know, kind of just stepping in and doing the baby face worker IC championship run that Rollins was doing. Um, Because... All I can say here is I just don't want Dolph being the Intercontinental Champion for a while longer. Mm-hmm. 
I, I it was not a terrible idea. I actually think this has been one of the better runs of Dolph's career, to be honest with you, because you know him as the guy who stole the show was never accurate. I don't, I can't think of a time really when Dolph Ziggler was you know near the top of the worker list in WWE. He, he's never been a top three or top five guy, but the guy who's kind of jilted about maybe being a flavor of the week once upon a time and being passed over for new flavor of the weeks, I think fits him well character wise. Um, but it's time to, you know, whether it's SummerSlam or in the next couple of weeks, have him lose that Intercontinental title. Yeah, I agree. I kind of look at it how you were explaining a little bit ago about this in a vacuum. You got Rollins was a great champion. He's a better performer, just kind of all around. And uh, I do think Rollins and Ambrose is going to be an, an icy title feud uh, down the line. And so I feel like they got to get the belt back on Rollins right now. And then start building towards that in a few months. I, I don't want him to do it like two weeks from now, kind of like you guys were hinting at. But uh, I do feel like, and we talked about it on the podcast, you know, years ago. I know when Rollins came back and he was super hot right away as a face, and they instantly turned him heel. That was a mistake. Um, Ambrose obviously super popular coming back from that injury right now, and they can get a few months out of him with big fan reactions you can sell a lot of merchandise for a while <laughs> before he does the heel turn and then uh i think that was the plan like a year ago was rollins and ambrose working in a feud so i think we'll yeah, get ambrose it was always months. eventually going to turn before the injury the difference though with him coming back and seth coming back is uh seth was a heel when he left and that response he got was could have been the mechanism to turn him baby face and they double down they did that whole promo where he, he riled the crowd up and he's like yeah i didn't like any of you that was like the big mistake yeah dean it's, it's not exactly the same thing yeah. where the crowd was happy to see him back but um he's it, been it, a baby face this whole time since exactly he, he he's got the returning from injury uh mega uh, uh cheers from the crowd Turn him, turn him heel right away, and he gets mega heat. Because mm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm an amazing booker. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I feel like he's getting the reaction now. Of course, it was his first appearance, but it's kind of like the reaction they always wanted for him when he was kind of a a flailing baby face. Like he was never a top baby face. Um, it, no, go ahead. I would say the difference is the crowd really wanted to cheer Seth when he came back. Yeah, like it was the wrong kind of heat when they doubled down on him as a heel. <laughs> and, you know, it was made even worse by the fact they wound up turning a baby face a couple months later. And he, he kind of stagnated there for a little bit. Um, with Dean, I think people are ready to see him as a heel. So the turn would be better received. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And he's he's a way better heel. Yeah. Um, so I, I would just like to point out for uh, anybody who's on the edge of, you know, supporting our Patreon, if you support it, you, you could watch me wipe uh, snot onto my shirt like two or three times tonight. Just I was wondering that. what you're doing, and it threw me off. Like during my like thing, I thought I was like, "Have I done something wrong?" Is there I, no, I'm wiping my nose on my shirt. I'm wiping. Oh, okay. my shirt. <laughs> yeah. By the way, so yeah, the weekly shows on Patreon every single week live stream as we record. So uh, usually on Thursday night. Guess whether or not I'm wearing pants. <laughs> that's right maybe maybe kyle will bring back the eddie gilbert lookalike sunglasses check the archives for those uh, he, he's looking for them right now he might have them 
I thought I had a pair of sunglasses in here. And they were Eddie Gilbert style. Where are they? You gotta have some with that freaking spotlight behind you. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> man. I like the uh, darkness behind me here. This light is kind of hot as fuck, to be honest. <laughs> you know what's hot is these big headphones. I'm I'm looking at Justin and the earbuds right now, and I need to just start wearing <laughs> earbuds because I start sweating because these headphones are just making my ears so hot. All right, well, while Kyle looks for the Eddie Gilbert sunglasses, Justin, we're going to transition to uh, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens. Just taking them downstairs. So Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens with the Money in the Bank briefcase on the line. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say it right now. I think Kevin Owens is walking away with the briefcase. And uh, one reason I think that is because I think Roman is going to beat Lesnar, spoiler alert, and if Braun has the briefcase, it's just going to be another situation where the crowd is going to be hoping and hoping for Braun to cash in. And there'll probably be a ton of Braun chance at the end of the match. So I feel like if they put the briefcase with Kevin Owens, they take that yeah, option. There'll be KO chance then. I got news for you. Well, I mean, there still will be. But Braun is really, really popular as a babyface right now. And there's going to be chance either way. Um, but Braun's a lot more popular than Owens right now. So, I don't know. I look at this as they can take that out of the equation for the main event. And by the way, like we've said on the podcast, if Braun keeps it, absolutely should not cash in at the end of the show, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But, uh, man, Kevin Owens, he's been through hell the last couple months with the crazy bumps he's taken. And I feel like he needs some kind of reward for all that punishment. And uh, plus the, the Money in the Bank briefcase just fits his character much better than Braun Strowman. We said it back in June and May. Braun doesn't really need the briefcase with his character. And uh, I just feel like Owens is going to get like some kind of fluky win over him here. He can win the briefcase for anything, right? DQ, count out, whatever. So yes, um, have, I think they've I really think, pushed that. Yeah. So of because of that, since they left those options on the table, it makes me think Owens has a pretty good, good shot of walking out with the briefcase. I, I'm worried that the stipulations, because as a fan, I want Kevin Owens to get it. Uh, Braun doesn't need it. Um, you can easily give him the title at any point in any manner. Kevin Owens holding the money in the bank would be far more interesting because the heel holding it is always much better than a, a, a face holding it. Um, so I'm worried that the stipulation is a red herring to throw us off. Oh man, this this match, man, it, it can go so many different ways. It, it, this this is why I love wrestling. I, I like I just don't know. You have the fact that Braun Strowman has a monster in the bank shirt. Granted, they've been able to sell it for a you know a couple of weeks now, um, but it also you know one part of me is like, well, they can keep selling it while he holds on to it. Another thing is, do they have to have Braun Strowman cash in either at the beginning of the Universal title match or at the end in order to save that match? Because we were all at WrestleMania, and that crowd just, I mean, they are Kellyed all over that match, plain and simple. <laughs> um, You could do, I think they would also pop for, Kevin Owens, you know, 
cashing in. I, there's just there's there's so many ways this one could go. If I have to bet money, I I, I think I'd go with Braun, not convincingly obvious by the lack of confidence in my voice. <laughs> Mr. Ross. I actually don't want either of these guys to have the briefcase, to be honest with you. I'm not going to be one blanket. You know, remember we talked about it, Money in the Bank, how it really worked with Alexa, getting it, you know, getting it out of the way. I don't know. I I just feel like you're, you've both reiterated, I'll make it three for three. The briefcase gimmick, and I think we said it that night when he won it, doesn't fit Braun Strowman's character at all. Um but I feel Kevin Owens is the briefcase owner is just like a cliche. Like it wouldn't even it honestly like it would not even interest me. It it's just like the okay you know once we you know it's just like it'd just be a storyline we've seen like almost every year the last you know thirteen years in WWE. Okay, when's the sneaky chicken shit heel gonna slide in and cash it in? And yeah, it always draws a pop in time, but you know. It's not in the long term, it doesn't always work out great. So another way to approach this is, is losing the briefcase. Although didn't John Cena like have a failed cash in once? John Cena, uh Baron Corbin, and uh Sandow. Yes. You're right. So Cena, so okay, so Cena, I guess, would be the you know, it's a small pool there, but and Cena's immune from this, but like, you know, there's kind of like a, a loser. St- well, Mr. Kennedy also lost it too um, in a match to Edge. That's not when they thought he was hurt and he really wasn't that hurt. But it's kind of like a loser stigma if you drop the briefcase. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I guess it depends how it happens. Yeah. If it's and, really fluky, I don't think people would care with Braun. Okay. Maybe they wouldn't. Um, and and it would prove our point that you could easily just reinsert Braun into a world title program without it. Um, this doesn't mean a hill of beans always, but there was local advertising for a Roman Reigns Kevin Owens match at Hell in a Cell in October. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> and I, I'll just say this. Neither of these guys with the briefcase intrigues me, and dear God, we'll get to it at the end. I don't want someone cashing in on Roman Reigns and the title match. So I, I guess my the long and short of it is I just don't like the briefcase <laughs> in this instance. Prove you me know, wrong, WB. Come up with a create. Come up with a creative cash in, and I will come on this podcast and I will say, God damn it, I was wrong. But I don't want same old shit. With the Kevin Owens with the briefcase is same old shit to me. All, all I can think about is uh, uh, Steve Martin from the Jerk when he's like. He hates these cans. And Kyle's just like, he hates these briefcases. <laughs> I will say I love the briefcase as a traveling mechanism because I always think of it, uh, the St. Louis airport on the way to New Orleans with Justin when we saw the guy traveling with the Money in the Bank briefcase and it was pretty damn cool. But as a gimmick, I don't know. I I will say one thing giving me a little bit of pause right here is that maybe this will make me look like an idiot. I don't really care. I never, I never thought it just, it just has not crossed my mind. I didn't think of him cashing in Braun at the start of Roman Lesnar. I kn- that didn't even cross my mind, but I could see that. 
I could see that happening. Like, especially if they really think the reception is going to be as bad as a lot of people do for that match. And he instantly makes it a triple threat. Like, God, I'd never thought of that. <laughs> it's the only way to a hundred percent save the main event of SummerSlam from a shitty crowd. It's true. I never, I, I can't believe I didn't think about that, but you know, if they, if that is in the cards, obviously Brown's not going to lose then. And that, that gives me a little pause in picking Owens because I could see them doing that now. I think I'm still going to say with Owens, but uh, I don't know. It's it's an intriguing match to me. I will say that. Okay, let's let's just talk about another component. Let's say Roman Reigns does actually leave SummerSlam as the Universal Champion, and Braun has the briefcase still. What do you do with that dynamic? True, because that's going to overshadow his his entire title run. Well, I mean, there's going to be a large portion of the audience who always is cheering for Braun to cash it in, but I don't think that's the right thing to do. Ooh, I don't know. I disagree. I, I think you could really freaking build that. Because you know you have somebody that smarks hate in Roman Reigns, and they love Braun. You have one yeah. with the title that they don't want, and you have one with uh, money in the bank that can cash in at any yeah. point. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah, you, you're right. It, it would it, it would certainly play to quote unquote that percentage of the audience, mm-hmm. that dynamic. It would. You're right. So we're. I, I guess I'm from a, the from the sounds of it, we're not very confident in picking this match whatsoever. But no, I, just, I I I talk out of my ass the matches I'm not confident. Then I just oh, then I just on the post show I just pick the parts where I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a fourth person on our panel to really call you out on that shit this time, Kyle. I'm gonna get someone very outspoken, this? someone very outspoken who always listens to the podcast that could really call you out. I don't know who it's gonna be. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I'm gonna surprise you guys the day of the show and announce the fourth man. So you guys are just sweating bullets, oh wondering God. who it's gonna be. He is the fourth man. Hey, guys. The giant. The giant. <laughs> speaking of, oh, my God. You know, speaking of the day of the show, I can't believe I haven't mentioned this yet, but I got to throw this out here. I mentioned this on episode 68. We are partnering with uh, Wrestle Rumble. You guys check them out at WrestleRumble.com. Uh, if you don't know who they are, they do contests for every WWE pay-per-view for SummerSlam. It's $5 for an entry. You can win $1,000 if you finish in first place. So you can you win. actually, like, for the next pay-per-view should actually like do that on the air. We should actually like do our entries on the air and like, do yeah. it right. you shouldn't yeah. let me like <laughs> be an asshole. <laughs> well, if you pick them, mo- if you win Wrestle Rumble, oh, you can win a thousand dollars. You can win several hundred dollars if you're second, third, fourth place, I think. Uh, plus, I believe everyone that enters this month. I let me check on Twitter. I think everyone that enters on Wrestle Rumble is in the drawing for a winged eagle replica title belt, uh, which oh is God. pretty cool. Like that's the, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that is the best uh, WWE title belt of all time. Uh, so let me, I'm looking at the details right here. Uh, yeah, first place thousand dollars, second place a hundred, third place a hundred, fourth fifty dollars, fifth fifty dollars, uh, sixth through tenth place. You can get a free entry into the uh, next pick'em. So check them out at Wrestle Rumble. But another reason I'm mentioning this is since we have partnered with them. Um, they are giving us a free entry every month to give out to one of our listeners. So this month, this is all you have to do to get a free entry and that chance of winning $1,000. Tweet us 
your favorite uh, SummerSlam memory at Top Rope Nation. And we will pick one of you whose tweet we really like and we think, I don't know, is the best written. We're just going to randomly pick one of you to be our uh, winner for the free Wrestle Rumble SummerSlam entry. So hit us up at Top Rope Nation anytime between now and Sunday, your favorite SummerSlam memory, and one of you will get a free entry into Wrestle Rumble. I think that's what a I damn good do. deal. What I would do if I was trying to win that deal is become a patron of our show, listen <laughs> to what our favorite memories were, and then just copy what we say and then write it. And I bet you, especially with Ryan, since Ryan's the one who's going to be picking, I would just listen to whatever Ryan's favorite memory is <laughs> and then just repeat it, and then he'll probably pick you. But you got to be a patron to do that, folks. They're like something Heart Foundation, Bret Hart related, looking at his T-shirt right now. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, in the future, we might do these entries exclusively to our Patreon supporters, in which I did think of that. You know, are we just started this Patreon page, so it's pretty small right now. There wouldn't be many people to choose from, but I do have to throw a shout out to those of you, Mike, Derek, all you guys that are supporting us on Patreon in particular. But uh, in, in the future, this might be a Patreon benefit. Get that free entry into the uh, Wrestle Rumble. We'll so. do something big for it for the September pay-per-view since that's a paper. You know, we'll, we'll be the ones to jazz up that show. Yeah, there you go. Justin. Outside of getting to see me wipe my nose on my shirt, you also get to see Kyle's horrific camera placement where <laughs> the camera is one half his head and one half his ceiling. Yeah, he did He did just tilt that up again, didn't he? There my he bad. is. Now we can see that. What do you say is a Philadelphia Spectrum t-shirt? Yeah. There you go. I like it. Showing it off right now. All right. Um, so yeah, hit us up at Top Row Nation. We get your free Wrestle Rumble entry. And uh it I honestly I've bought entries to it in the past several times. I think I think one time Justin came over to my house and I told him I had bought an entry into it. Um it does make it kind of fun watching the show to see if you pick correctly. And they have all kinds of prop bets on your entry. It's not just who's gonna win every match. There's stuff like is a steel chair gonna get involved in the match? How long's the match gonna go? So it's tough to win, but uh it's like fantasy wrestling. It makes it a little more fun to watch. So check them out. All right. So um, let's see. In this card that goes on forever, let's, uh, let's get to that SmackDown tag team title match. The Bludgeon Brothers and the New Day. The Bludgeon Brothers are, how should I put this? Barely surviving <laughs> as uh, they're sinking as the SmackDown tag team champions. I actually kind of liked them in the squash format. Which speaks. It was to the good that they brought that back. back. I agree. Yeah, which speaks to the fact that squash matches still work in 2018, no matter what anyone will tell you. They use them at NXT. Oh, That's by right. the way, yeah, yeah. So, I think for me though, I'm I'm gonna have to go for the title change here, just because this tag team title run for them is is sputtering really bad right now. So uh, I'll I'll go with the new day. Justin, your thoughts. Yeah, either decision is pretty uninspiring. Uh, I like Kyle's take that, I you know, jobber matches are back and and they're a necessity to building the team if they want to keep doing something even remotely interesting with Blood and Brothers. You got to keep that going. Um, I I don't know what you do with another New Day title run, uh, other than maybe it eventually leading to a breakup. So I, I'm going to be contrarian and I'm going to go bludgeon brothers. I just, the new days are like 
really fucking over still and you just go with it because I, I if you don't have the new day win here i don't know what the hell you do with the smackdown tag division mm-hmm. like is there like a new option coming up but you just don't i mean you had the bludgeons kind of run through everybody and i, I just i'm not saying it was a bad idea it just it hasn't been great in practice i don't think you know the bludgeon brothers okay they look cool in squash match format but you know, they should be better, though. Um, and the New Day has been red hot, so I'm interested to see if this match is is the best one yet. Because, you know, Harper Rowan, somebody linked to this, and I forgot this was a great match. Like, whatever the ba- uh, Battleground 2014, they had a great two out of three falls match with the Usos, Harper and Rowan. So, I, you know, they should be capable of more what? than in ring than what they've done so far. Well, that's the problem is is you have at the very least one amazing worker in Harper, and I think you could even make an argument that Rowan is possibly underrated as a worker, and they've just been saddled with like a kind of a hokey late eighties, early nineties, you know, gimmick that is holding them back. So, I, yeah. I think it was a cool gimmick when they first went to it and when they were coming up the ranks and scaring the shit out of people. But I just don't think it's a good gimmick for the champions. I don't know. And it's just, like I said, it's sputtered. It's it's not really drawing any interest right now. So that's why I see the title change happening. Um, and I, I agree with Kyle. New Day is still super over. I've been waiting for the breakup angle for like a year at this point. And you know what, though? You know, you know, who, we, you know who we need to blame for that, though? Because the, and, and I actually I, I don't throw around the the term blame loosely. There is fucking Vince Russo again, because we're taught that oh something can only go on for so long. You know oh you got to turn oh you got to turn you got to turn. Here's a concept. You know going back to this, ride something out while it's still hot. Just keep like they're really like I get like okay they've done everything but like. They're still over. There's really no need to turn them yet. And, and they would say the same thing. Like they love teaming together. They're, yeah, making a bu- they're making a bunch of money on their merchandise. Like they they personally have no reason to break up. Yeah. Now I, as a fan, want to see it happen because I've been bored with the act for a while. That's why I say that. I understand why they haven't because they are still getting great crowd reactions. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe wrestling fan still likes them. And they're selling merch. So they do need to ride it out as long as they're still hot and making money. But I, I just see like so much potential in particular for Big E on the singles run that uh, I'm looking for. He's still kind of young, isn't he? Mm, he's God. He's got to be. He's in his early at least. 30s. Yeah, he's in his early 30s. Who? OK, who would you put your money on as the first person from New Day to win a world title because i would put my money on kofi mm, i'd no, say, I would biggie. say biggie. Yeah. I, I, yeah. uh biggie by the way dumbs. is 32 years old yeah i was thinking because he played for the hawkeyes like over a decade ago so yeah no um it was on his wikipedia page that he considered that the low light of his life <laughs> i don't think that's it <laughs> hey hey ryan yeah. Let's let's go get Taco John's tomorrow and take uh, some pictures. Man. Oh, actually, 
I'm glad you, you know who's going to be getting Taco John's tomorrow. Not you. Wrong again, Captain Kirk. <laughs> Man, Me, I almost had I Taco John's today, actually. I am uh, tomorrow. Here's something you guys probably don't even know. Didn't ever even ask. Tomorrow's my birthday. Did you know that? I probably would have known it through Facebook.com tomorrow. Yeah, you would. But I'm, I'm, me and uh, the daughter, I'm going to take her. I'm going to drive a full hour to get oh Taco John's. This is awesome. We are not being paid a penny by Taco John's to talk about them on the air every single week, guys. But God Taco John's, sponsor us. What the fuck? <laughs> I was thinking Why about this. I drove you? past it the other day, and I was. it came into my mind. I'm like, man, how do I reach out to them about a sponsorship? It's got to happen. Maybe I'll. My, my child doesn't talk yet. Maybe I'll get bored there, and I'll just start like mentioning it to him. I'll be like, "I drove. It's an I. You know, I've a. I drove down here an hour. It's my here's my daughter. And by the way, I have a podcast that would just love a random taco fast food chain to sponsor them. My wife asked me one time when we when actually when I was on the way to visit you guys out there. She's like, "Why do you like Taco John so much? You know what my answer was? I don't know. <laughs> it's great with none of the bad after effects of Taco Bell." I'm going to tell her that actually next time she asks, because that, that's actually true. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm waiting. What's the real answer? <laughs> no, I literally told her. I literally told her. I don't know. Oh, you told her. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was great when you posted that picture. You're in Minnesota driving down with the sign out front of Taco Taco oh. John's. I was so proud oh, of you. <laughs> One thing I love more is pro wrestling. Oh, man. What a sport. What a restaurant. <laughs> yes. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, you, you guys, and this is a little inside information for how we uh, text message each other, is they both agree that you do not dip anything with potato olays. The nacho cheese sauce is okay. You can dip put potato olays in nacho cheese sauce. That is acceptable. Yeah, no ketchup, though. And I, I normally love ketchup, but no. They're so good not playing. When you're eating tacos, man. Not when you're slamming them coes, man. Not when you're <laughs> slamming a six-pack and a pound. That's right. Um, all right. So, okay, here we go. Smiling Finn Balor. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to, to give this guy. Back to the program. Someone needs to give this guy some Taco Johns. Actually, they probably shouldn't because they need to smile even more. Uh, and the constable, Baron Corbin. Finn Balor, man. That's something else I love is the constable. How how far away does Finn Balor seem from the demon right now with the, with the whole smiling thing going on? And man, I I like him so much, and uh, I just I don't even I'm not even interested when he's on Raw anymore. It's just it's going nowhere right now. I, Justin, you're a resident Finn Balor mark on the show. What do you think of this match? Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree with you. It, Everything with him right now is uninspired. I, I don't blame him. I blame the booking and just the talent level in WWE is really top heavy right now. Uh, if anybody could really use an intercontinental title run right now, it's him. Um, I think we're going to see the demon right now, which is kind of unfortunate that uh, Baron Corbin Constable Baron Corbin is worthy a great of a demon appearance. I'm <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna go Finn Balor, um, in an uninspired and probably like five to six minute match. 
The tears are slowly rolling down your face right now. <laughs> I I would go with Finn Balor too, uh, Kyle. This is like I think everyone kind of cites this match as maybe like the example of excess, like on the card. Like, did this match need to be on the card? Um, they have been. You know, it's been a long term feud. Give them credit for that. The, you know, each guy's won once, so we've got the rubber match. <sighs> The result of this all depends on what the future plans are for Finn Balor. If they've got something big for him in mind, then obviously he should go over. Uh, with the Constable character, Baron Corbin is kind of pigeonholed into a short window on the, where he is on the card. like Because he's like, you know, Stephanie's pick to watch over Kurt Angle, that gets him to a certain level, this character, right? But because he's kind of like a an authority figure, like kind of like a co-GM type deal. He's never going to be a main event heel. So he, he's always just kind of like, you know, it's a real slim margin where he's going to move. He's always going to be on the same spot on the card. Um, So he does need wins to kind of, you know, stay strong in that role. But at the same time, he's a guy that ascendant baby faces should be beating. So it, it again, I'm going to just talk out of my ass and not give you a real answer. It really depends on what you have for Finn Balor moving forward. If you don't have anything meaningful for Finn Balor moving forward, then he probably should not win, actually. And for the record, I have no problem with Finn Balor. What he's doing. Wrong. You have no he's problem. He's a very fine upper mid-card baby face. <laughs> with a nice smile. Do you think Finn Balor would be great as an IC champion? I've said that before him on this show many times. That's what I thought. I'd love to see some Finn Balor-Seth Rollins matches. We've seen many. Yeah, but for this IC title moving forward into the fall, hearkening back to the what could be the outcome of Ziggler Rollins, I'm yeah. game for that. I mean, I mean the, the problem with this is like it's like yeah, you could say something, but there's just there really are a lot of moving parts because you know guys don't leave; they're going to be around. It's not like okay, hey, this guy's going to lose, and then fuck this guy's going to be off TV forever. He's going to, or he's like leaving the company. That's, that's not the way WWE works in 2018, folks. You know, you got to like think of it in the fact that, okay, this guy may not be doing anything new in the coming months. Unless you're what a guy you by the name like, of for Neville. Finn, for, what's that? Unless you're a guy by the name of Neville. He's, yeah, one of the rare. I mean, Neville. Uh, Cody Rhodes obviously left. I mean, those are guys who chose to leave, though. Um, and then you have, you know, your <laughs> Enzo Cass's, which is, you know, the less said the better. But other than that, nobody leaves. I mean, you know, this is one of the largest. Ro- I mean, this is this roster has to be bigger than WCW in 1998, if you include NXT. Oh yeah, for sure. What were you gonna say? What would we do? What? Oh, what would you do with Finn Balor next? Let's say, because I know you guys love him so much, you know, that smiling face, and you, you have him beat the great constable Baron Corbin. Uh, what, what do you do with him next? Do you, like, have him go after the IC title? I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah. He, he needs some sort of meaningful title run or at least some sort of meaningful feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his feuds have never been great. Actually, I to be honest with you, if you look back at last year, I like this feud a lot more than that Bray Wyatt feud. 
I agree. I love Finn Balor, and that that Bray Wyatt feud was just atrocious. Yeah, he really hasn't had a really good main roster feud yet. He's had good matches, like his match against Roman Reigns when he first came up was fantastic. But you know, you know, God bless Roman Reigns; he's a worker. <laughs> Damn, Skippy he is. <laughs> All right, AJ and Joe. This one have a chance to be match of the night. I I think I picked this as match of the night um on comic book and uh i guess i'm thinking back to to the great matches they had a decade ago in tna and uh joe's promo left some intrigue on smackdown bringing in aj's wife that was very interesting um hopefully we're not heading for another dominic on a pole situation like summer slam 2005 yes uh i'm leaning towards a title change here I don't know if that's going to shock you guys or not, but uh, I feel like the AJ title run is as much as I love AJ. He is one of my favorite performers in WWE. I feel like it's just getting also to use the term stagnant yet again. I feel like it's getting a little boring and uh, I think they need to change the pace at the top of the card in SmackDown. And so I feel like if Joe wins this match, then they can have AJ chase for a while. I don't know. I think I think Joe is is doing really really good stuff right now, and uh, in the past I would have said no. I don't know if they think he's ready for it yet. But considering this is a company that put the belt on Jinder Mahal for as long as they did, I think Joe is certainly ready for Another it. Another one of the great performers <laughs> of this generation. <laughs> Poor Jinder, they've really given up on him. Yeah. I, think, I think I think when the wind got him and not the whisper at the Greatest Royal Rumble, I think they just freaking. <laughs> They just well, set him packing right down to the lower. I mean, he's he's low, man. I mean, this this namaste gimmick, this inner peace. That's well, honestly, gender. I can't ever like these these world. He's title not even matches, on the card. Yeah, I mean, these world title matches before this were sometimes kind of hard to pick because it's the world title. Like, are they really going to put the world title on this guy? But Jesus, they put on Jinder Mahal, so who knows? And I think I do think Joe would be a great world champion. Um, be a great heel world champion with a face chasing him to spice it up a little bit. I mean, AJ's had the title since what November? Yeah, right before SummerSlam when he defeated uh, Jinder in England. Survive, yeah, Survivor yeah, Series. Survivor Series. So, yeah, it's been a long title run, and I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's not a lot of places to go right now, and so they need to switch it up. So that's that's kind of why I'm going with Joe. But I think it, I th- think it's going to be a really awesome match. And uh, I've been thinking about this one a lot, too. And uh, I really could see it going either way, but I'm leaning towards the Joe title switch here. Justin. This is another one. Like, this is why I'm so invested in the SummerSlam, because we're hitting that creative apex of WWE where like we went through the lull. There's always the lull after WrestleMania where they're kind of just kind of maybe building guys up a little bit. And now we get into the territory of, Oh, they might do something interesting for a while when, while we're heading towards WrestleMania. I want to see Miz with the title. If Daniel Bryan resigns, I want to see him with the title. So my best case scenario is seeing Miz take the title from 
AJ Styles. With that being said, Joe certainly deserves it. He has been the best version of Samoa Joe that I've ever seen that he is right now. Um, otherwise, I would say insert Christopher Daniels into this match and just, you know, redo a great TNA match. Well, what about Joe and Brian too? Joe was the champion against Brian. Could be pretty intriguing. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I, this is one of those, it's just, it's just a win-win situation. No matter what they do here, it's win-win. So we're probably going to end up getting a Samoa Joe uh, low blow on AJ Styles. Yes, Kyle, your thoughts? I think AJ is going to win. Pretty no positive. question? Pretty uh, positive? I, yeah, I don't think they see Joe as a champion. I think they see him as a utility guy. Um, that sounds kind of demeaning, but I don't think it is. I think they just have a lot of confidence. They can stick him in various spots on the card where he's needed. Um, I said this before. I think he's. I'm shocked how great he is on promos in WWE. Um, I really wish we could get the 2018 promo Samoa Joe mixed with the 2005 in-ring Samoa Joe. Um, because that would be an incredible professional wrestler. Um, I I think that Styles wins here in kind of a not decisive way, and then Joe uses you know, does some family type, you know, does something with his family angle that gets him a rematch maybe for the next show. But I, I don't, I don't see Samoa Joe as the guy who's taking the title off AJ Styles. I just don't. All right. Well, either way, it'll be a good, a really good match. And uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but I could really see it going either way. Uh, the main, main, main event, which we've talked about a lot on the show over the last several months, the match that we thought we were getting for the final time in New Orleans at the Superdome, and then we got it again at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, with or without a cash-in, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, I'll just say it again for about the 150th time, Roman Reigns has to win the title here. <laughs> it, just, it just has to happen. And uh, you can go back to March, and we said the same thing, but man... Please, yeah, we, please. we need to erase, need to erase that podcast from the archive. When I <laughs> please uh, WrestleMania pick show, when I just like pounded my fist and said, "It has to be Roman Reigns all day." Roman Reigns, it's obviously <laughs> going to be Roman Reigns. Whoops! I mean, come on! Like, I don't. They cannot possibly have him lose again, right? They just can't. I don't. I don't know what the hell you do on Monday Night Raw if you do. I mean, they would they would have to be like very certain that Brock's going to go to UFC and win the UFC heavyweight title and have both belts, and, and that is in. for sure not a certainty. You know, I know our president was a little confused by the you know Vince limo angle in 2007, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure Vince knows that it is up on UFC and that you know there's no guarantees <laughs> that yeah. you know you, you can't just be like, okay, Brock, now go win the UFC title. <laughs> okay, Vince, I'll do that and I'll bring it back and then I'll do the job. It's not the way that works. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pick Roman Reigns, and uh, I hope there's no cash in because that would be completely cutting his nuts off, like we've said before. What a great How about theme Brian, Brian Alvarez's breaking no, uh, news, by the way, about this match. Did you guys check that out during the week? 
Uh, the WWE is working has two ideas on for this. Oh match. yeah, yeah. It I will be a short that. match or a long match. I yeah. love the guy who retweeted that as like in real related story. Expect a medium length match <laughs> this Sunday. <laughs> Big exclusive here. Yeah. yeah. All right. We like the short match idea, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago. I mean, Jesus, we've beaten this match to a. No, goal. yeah, I would love to see Reigns just dominate him and crush yeah, him. That's what like I'm saying that. because as yeah, badly as this whole feud has been booked be a great way to go to actually make the guy look dominant for once and it would counteract the crowd that was what we talked about i think it was like three weeks ago or something on the show we come that that's a great way to just combat the crowd is just have just instead of doing the, the slow build where you let the crowd chance take over just have roman just come out and start spearing them never get to give the crowd a chance to get their shit in yeah yeah we're we're incredibly smart we called it a long time ago it should be a short <laughs> match this is why you should pay money to see us. We're beautiful <laughs> and smart people. Come on. <laughs> and if you listen to our live cast recorded here in Iowa back in June, we need to get a soundboard so that we can all record in the same room at the same time without technical difficulties. And get paid by Taco John's to eat Taco John's while you listen to us. <laughs> and pay someone to make a Taco Kyle's t-shirt design. <laughs> <laughs> that is great that is oh, fantastic yeah okay I, uh, roman reigns has to win um a braun Strowman cashin will be disappointing uh, kevin owens cashin would be less disappointing a cashin by the way would totally minimize brock lesnar losing which is an issue and we've already seen that we've we've done this before with roman reigns he won the title against Dean Ambrose in a tournament at Survivor Series. Sheamus cashed in. Let's not do that again. We've tried it. It didn't work. Kyle has said a million times, let's just give him his run as champion. Whether it works or not, let's find out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, I, look, if Brock were to leave with the title here, I, I just do not know what the fuck you do at the top of the card on raw from now to the end of the year. It, it would just, it would be insane to have, um, basically no world champion for four months, just insane. Um, and it would also be totally counter to the pack that the idea that you need champions that, you know, they tell all oh, you have to have a champion on both brands. They tell us, well, if you're going to let Brock go for four months, you obviously don't. You're obviously saying, no, you don't. So it makes no sense. Um, Ryan, you mentioned this. Okay. I get that the idea of beating the UFC champ is very attractive. And like having Brock being the WWE and UFC champ, that sounds great. But what if he loses to Daniel Cormier? then you kind of look like an asshole if you're WWE. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you don't. I don't know. But I, I, I just don't think it's worth the risk if he does. If you beat him here and he does go on to win the UFC heavyweight title, I don't know. Maybe you work on something. I don't know if you can because I know that there was somebody who was reporting that Vince and Brock are talking about still doing business. Maybe you do something. It, it would be really hard. Um, I don't know what the deal would be with Dana. That's White. what she said. Yes, if you could still, if he does win the UFC title, and he's not, and he doesn't have a contract with WWE, I, you probably can't bring him back and be gone. I just think if this is it, 
personally, I wouldn't mind if it if this was the last match Brock Lesnar ever wrestled. You have to have Roman Reigns just destroy him and leave SummerSlam as a champion. They've been doing this for three fucking years. You have to do it. You have to. Otherwise, how does anyone ever take Roman Reigns seriously? Ever. I mean, there's already an issue with it. And yeah, it would just be like a freaking joke yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, and then the one interesting thing, though, is a lot of people People were talking about all the moving parts. And there were a lot of people leap before Monday that were talking about, oh, okay, maybe they could do this. Paul Heyman joins with Roman and Roman does the heel turn. And that's how you get out of all this politically. I don't know if you, they clearly were playing to that on Monday, but you know, with the pepper spray uh, angle they did with Heyman, that's not happening. I don't think so. I think that Vince is just going to do his thing. What we've heard about for all these years, Roman Reigns, a clean baby face win. just pull the Gondab bandaid off and let's see what happens yes give this man some respect in memory of aretha franklin r-e-s-p-e-c-t oh very timely yes so all right that's SummerSlam. um we are getting we're running really long we're almost out of time we did want to mention nxt takeover it's a pretty short card i feel every time for takeover Um, I will say I rarely these days watch NXT TV. I keep up with what's going on. I look forward to the takeover shows a lot. How often do you guys watch NXT TV? It's completely random. And the only reason I kind of pushed you to bring it up tonight is because this angle with Alistair Black being taken out of the main event of one of the greatest feuds in professional wrestling history between Tomasa Champa and Johnny Gargano is they're going outside to check on some sort of instance and you see Gargano coming in and then you see undisputed era like saying obviously they're trying to make it look like they're the bad guys and like go 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 in the car and they take off I think we might be building to a very interesting heel, Johnny Gargano. Hmm. Oh, I don't like that idea. I think Kyle's on record saying Gargano is one of the best baby faces in the company. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just I'm saying that, by I'm I'm intrigued by the theory, Justin. Well, I, I don't think they know because that had to be put together last minute because the black injury. I think they just—they've they, already laid the. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kyle. I respect no, you. You're fantastic. Booker <laughs> man. Booker <laughs> man. Yes. They have already laid the groundwork of this feud with Champa has kind of made Gargano evil in a way. Like he's had yeah, to dig deep, and but now I, like he takes out Alistair Black to have a better chance of getting uh, not only his revenge against Ciampa, but also getting the title that he so very much wants. I don't know if they have it known because, I mean, this was a last-second thing with the black injury that they just had to put together, and it would not be the first time the, a WWE creative team did one of these angles without knowing ahead of time what the end point was going to be. 
right? I mean, like the Steve, like when they did the Steve Austin thing at Survivor Series '99, they obviously had no clue at that time that it was going to be Rikishi because Rikishi was not a feature performer when they ran that angle. Um, I think, and we don't know how long Alistair Black is going to be out for. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that they won't go in that direction, but I, I just, you know, I mentioned Becky Lynch earlier as one of the last people I would ever want to turn heel. Johnny Gargano is probably the last to me. They've already kind of built it in. Like he, mm. he cost Alistair Black the title. Like they're, they're, that's part of this story with Champa is that his I, 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 get that. I get that. I get that. The darkness. I just don't like it. Johnny Gargano was a baby face you build NXT around. He's turning heel. <laughs> so, so is Gargano winning the title, Justin? Yep. Oh, I, as, I completely as disagree. a bad guy. You would. <laughs> I, I just man. if he does, I just and if he does, I'll say I just I'll I'll talk about it on the post show that I just don't agree with the booking. That's just not what I I just would not do that. No, I feel like Gargano is going to win the title. I'm not sure about the heel turn aspect, but as much as I love Champa, I'm not sure they see him as a guy to have oh, the title. I, I almost think there's like a 0% chance of a title change. Ooh, man. Hope I'm not playing back that audio clip next week. 0%. I mean, when you look at the situation, I mean, it was supposed to be a three-way. Did you think Gargano was going to win it when it was a three-way? I mean, this is like an emergency situation. That's the thing. Like to me, the Gargano, I don't know the way I envision and and we talked about it. Getting you know, so worked up. <laughs> no, not really. I just think you guys are wrong. That um, the way. See now you fucking threw me off, you asshole. <laughs> yes. Okay, you fucking threw me off. That was that wasn't getting worked up at all. You're the one who wants to like fucking jerk off Finn Balor every week when he loses. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> Give me, Here, right. we're off the rails. So, oh okay. Get him out of here. To me, me, you build toward a huge baby face, like zero hour Johnny Gargano title win. Uh, like, I'm not saying that the the dots that Justin's attempting con- to connect aren't there. I'm just saying I would absolutely not do that. I, I would Johnny Gargano's baby face t- to me. This feud is Tommy Dreamer Raven. And it was odd because, look, I was the one who pointed out after normal, it was very odd because it was clear this feud was going to continue that Gargano won the first match. Um, and then they've kind of re- reversed it. But to me, like, this was not supposed to be a one-on-one match initially. It was supposed to be with Aleister Black. Black got hurt. So they've had, had to, like, so call this, you know, make this a one-on-one situation. I just, I, I don't think Gargano, I didn't think Gargano was going to win when it was a three-way. And I, I, don't think they would change it now. I think I viewed Champa as kind of a transitional champion to get the belt off of Black and to get it to Gargano. So I, I still though I think Gargano will eventually beat Champa. Yeah. Yeah. But this is their what their second biggest show of the year. This is a this is a big moment some would say for the Gargano biggest. to win. Some would say the biggest. Yeah, some I would mean, say okay. If Gargano wins here. Okay, what do you do? Okay, okay. What do you do with Ciampa then? 
Well, and that's we- the problem. Okay. Like, this is the greatest feud NXT has ever had. And you have... If Gargano wins, it's a blow-off, right? That's the thing. We thought the feud was over before. Exactly. And, and you'd be blowing it off with somebody that you've planted seeds of of being a heel. Like, it doesn't make any sense. This has to be Ciampa here. Wait, I thought you said it was Gargano. Don't you judge me. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with Gargano. Kyle, you're going with Champa and Justin. Both. Champa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going Champa. Oh, you're going Champa now, retaining. What about the Johnny Gargano heels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Don't. I've had vodka tonight. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, this is a pretty good card. We got Adam Cole and Ricochet, which will be a damn good match. Um, I think that see, I think that's going to be a title change. Yeah, I think that's a title change too. Uh, the women's title match is a rematch from the May Young Finals last year with Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Uh, Could be a title change, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I was going with Baszler there. Uh, also, and then uh, Velveteen Dream and EC3, which. Mm, that one's kind of tough to predict, honestly. I think whoever wins here is going to be close to the title picture in NXT or, or try to get into the title picture. We've gone three or four or more NXT specials with Velveteen Dream losing to like the next big up-and-coming wrestler. He kind of does need a big win if he's going to stay on the brand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And EC3 could just be sent up to the main roster. Honestly, I don't really know how much polishing, quote unquote, he needs in NXT. That's true. Yeah, I think I would go looking through that. I'll go Velveteen and uh, oh, we haven't gotten the tag title match. Got to talk about that. But Velveteen and uh, Baszler, Ricochet, leaning towards Gargano. <laughs> Although that was quite the conversation. Maybe I could go either way Tell on that me. one. <laughs> uh, and then Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain. Um, I think I'll go on disputed air on that one. Yeah, I, that that one is I think the least likely to change. I think they they did the right thing with the quickie title change over in the UK. I thought Meltzer was a lot to lunch rating the match on NXT TV five stars. The title change where undisputed era won it back. It was really good, but it was I didn't think it was five stars. It's a perfect bookend on this show to bring it back around to Dave Meltzer. No. Anybody? Any, I don't any, know what the fuck's this? This Justin joints out the fucking lunch, man. <laughs> Justin might need a late night trip to Taco John's. I am so <laughs> hungry right now. <laughs> I need a fucking late night trip to the Hooskow as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. Well, man, we've gone almost two hours. Maybe we have gone two hours. It's been a hell of a show, guys. Let's I enjoy it. Two hours, hours tonight. I'm prepared. What's that? I'm prepared to go two hours tonight. <laughs> hey, yo. On that note, <laughs> tune in, guys. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, when we go live after SummerSlam, you'll get an alert that we're live. Everyone can tune into that show. Um, and you can see all the craziness after six hours of boozing and pro wrestling. It should be a hell of a show that night. We'll have a fourth man on joining the pay-per-view panel as usual. And we'll be breaking down SummerSlam and what happens Saturday night at NXT TakeOver. So 
Hope you guys have enjoyed the show. If you want to tune in live to the show every week and see all of the, everything that happens without the cuts that I make later on, see the unedited live broadcast, patreon.com slash top rope nation. And you'll also get those exclusive audio shows, top rope nation classics, which we've already done two episodes of SummerSlam 91, SummerSlam 97 and more in the future. So check it out. Taco John sponsor us. What the fuck? Yeah. Kyle, talk to him tomorrow when you're there. And happy early birthday, Kyle Ross. Technically, is my birthday on the, here in the Eastern time zone, which That's is, of true. course, as is, is most of you know, the correct time zone. <laughs> 57 minutes <laughs> until it's your birthday here. I'm going to send you a birthday message at 12.01 a.m., Kyle. Wake up your entire oh, it's, it's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> and every hour tomorrow, all night long, in the morning and at night. <laughs> all right guys well we will catch you guys next time with the pay-per-view post show episode 70 this has been episode 69 of top rope nation enjoy the weekend special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite-only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.